here's a pro tip. When you're clearing out a dungeon, find a, a chest or, or a container somewhere near the front of the dungeon mm -hmm. and take all of your loot to that chest. Mm -hmm. whenever, you, whenever you find yourself getting near your burden limit, put mm -hmm. the loot in the chest. Then go kill some more, loot some more, go back, put more into the chest. And then when you're done with the dungeon, go gather everything you've put into the chest. You'll be overburdened, but you can still walk outside Mm -hmm. Get on your horse, and if you're on your horse, if you're overburdened, you can still fast travel. Oh, good idea. What are we really talking? Smart idea. Uh, nerd shit. <laughs> what what game is this? Skyrim. Oh, fucking Skyrim! God oh. damn it, that game. First of all, I waited midnight for that fucking release. Okay, wow. I did. I did do that. I was very excited. <clears throat> Got that bitch home pop that sucker in and I was off to the races. And then about five hours later, I realized you can't leave the, that little house that you start in until you get your hands unbound. Mm -hmm. So my dumb ass was walking around for five hours with my hands <laughs> And there was, if there's there's no way to get out of that. If it makes you feel any better, I went through all that. I got my hands unbound. I actually generally started playing the game and I probably put in about three to five hours, went to go manually save it and the game wouldn't let me manually save. We looked it up and sure enough, I had a glitch and bug in my like load or whatever. And it wouldn't let me <laughs> save <laughs> my load. I'm sorry, you had, you had a bug in your load? That's <laughs> But um, basically I had to replay it. So I had to start all the way from the beginning and make sure that I had a new save point and just started resaving onto a new file and had about five hours wasted. You're a better woman than I because I about threw that bitch in the fucking road. Well, it gets, it gets even better. The day before I started Skyrim, I started Oblivion, which is the game right before it. Uh -huh. and spent about five to six hours practically the whole day trying to build up my character and get a few uh quests underway and I just like was bashing my head against the wall because it was it was difficult and the graphics weren't so great and it was just not fun <laughs> and so I was like fuck it I'm just gonna move on to the next one so I wasted yeah. like a whole day playing Oblivion yeah, there's some games that it's not point, replayable. Yeah, we have we play games at a snail's pace just because I'm fucking working all the time, and well, Meg was too up until <clears throat> the year of COVID. Uh, right. But now she's like flying through stuff, and it's we have a backlog of like almost a decade of games. It's ridiculous. Like there's PS3 classics that we never played, like Skyrim. I, I played Skyrim years ago on PC. Now Meg's playing it for the first time, and. Uh, and like we've got that we've got ps4 games like a stack of them everybody's bugging me like oh are you gonna get the ps5 i'm like i i have enough gaming right now to last <laughs> That's exactly how i feel a few more <laughs> years like in, unless i win the lotto tomorrow and get to retire then yeah wow. then I'll, i will fly there's no again. point i still have games in the wrapper like yeah i'm never i know i'm never gonna play this shit ever we yeah. have so Man in the wrapper still uh spider yeah the ps4 spider-man game mm -hmm. yeah yeah so did you ever finish skyrim Melanie? no absolutely not no i did not i 
I was like, time out. I was supposed to do that shit before. No, no, sir. Absolutely. I don't think there. I mean, is there even an end point in Skyrim, though? Well, it's if you're if you're a, at <laughs> least a half sane person, <laughs> and you manage to like pull yourself away from it and just do the main quest and just walk away, then that's fine. That's all you. Who can do that though? Exactly. Yeah, I have friends yeah. who played for years <clears throat> after, and I'm like. You're, I'm like, oh, did you play this? Like, oh, I just played Skyrim for another like 12 hours last night. I'm like, what do you do? Oh, I just bought a cabin so I could put all the cheese wheels in the land in there. Yeah. Like that's called and depression. Then, that's called severe not, depression. <laughs> not only is there that game, you get that game, but then you discover mods. Then you discover Thomas the Tank Engine dragons <laughs> or Randy Savage dragons that yell, oh yeah, as they come and attack you. And you know this because you've done it? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. I just my favorite it. mod, my favorite mod takes a it's a simple one. It takes top hat and puts on the mud crabs. That's all it does. It just puts a top hat on all the mud crabs. I love that mod. It's a simple thing. It's the simple pleasures in life. It also needs a monocle, I think. <laughs> I think I it probably to, has that. I used to avidly play uh, DCUO. I don't know. Have you guys ever played DCUO? Uh, DC Universe Online? Yeah. No. I think I played it when it came out. It's It was an MMO, right? Yeah, this was ages. I would say like eight years ago, eight, nine years yeah. ago, something like that. Yeah. I play, I play, I play every DCUO, And I was a millionaire in the game. And then I moved. I had it on my PS. I want to say PS3 or PS2 one of the two I moved and I set up my PS and it was like it can't connect so it has to restart the entire thing and it was the internal hard drive uh, and I was like do you know how much money do, do like not only like figurative money that's in the game but like the money I put into that motherfucker yeah. oh my so God. once something like that happens I'm like you know what I'm not playing you anymore yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, I have a pretty short span of attention for games when things like that happen as well. Like, yeah. I'm even surprised I continued on with Skyrim, to be honest. I'm pretty impressed that you made it this far. Same. Yeah. Same. Uh, Usually when people hit their first major game-breaking <clears throat> Bethesda bug, they, they peace out for a while. Yeah. Well, I told Meg she'll, she'll probably really enjoy uh, Fallout 4 next. Um, mm -hmm. is that, I mean, it's Bethesda, but it's, you know, some years pass, it, like it, it's not as buggy, as far as I remember, not as buggy as something like Skyrim. It's the oh. same engine and it is just as buggy, but oh. they, they did manage to tone down some of the major game breaking bugs. Just oh. don't walk on any cars or skeletons, otherwise <laughs> you might find yourself flying into the sky for no reason. <laughs> God. Uh. Well, uh, seeing as uh, I've been recording this whole time, so the podcast has basically started. Oh, wonderful! So, so yeah, maybe we should uh, introduce everybody. Hey, everybody! <laughs> we are well. Obviously, if you if you've downloaded this podcast and are listening to it, then you know this is the Getting Off Topic podcast, episode three, four. What are we? No, no. I think three. I think there's just three. Yeah, because we've been doing it every two weeks. Uh, <clears throat> Todd and Tony, as usual, and this time joined by Meg and Melly. Um, Hi. Hey. Hey. The ladies are here. Hey, girl. Hey. Hey, girl. <laughs> well, I invited Melly on. Uh, 
how do you go how do you go officially online your online presence is just Melly Nicole um, yeah Melly Nicole yeah okay so you run your horror podcast uh-huh. with the horror to be horror not horror horror, horror horror podcast I mean I'm not here to judge <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. uh yeah I've been listening in really enjoying it you're you're <clears throat> like what at least what 10 episodes in or something I think we're at I want to say we're at number like 16? Oh, wow. 16? I don't know. Oh, okay. I don't do that part of it. Okay. You've been, doing, you've been doing your thing at least for a few yeah. months now. It's awesome. Yep. I'm enjoying it. And with your co-host, your one of I, you said your best friend, uh, Phoenix. Yes. Phoenix. Uh, his Instagram handle is Phoenix underscore 11 dot oh nine. I didn't pick the handle. He did, so. Okay. <laughs> that is going to be super easy to remember, guys. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Well, the show's Instagram is uh, I'll Drink to Horror, correct? That is correct. Yeah. yeah. Which you are a classier podcast. You guys actually prepare. Uh, I don't know if it's it's you or Phoenix or, or you together uh, create the theme drinks every week. Yes. Um, so. more, more so him and I just judge him very much <laughs> as you pound the drinks <laughs> yeah i'm like this is a tad bit early for me but i'll do it <laughs> okay uh yeah i just clocked out of work because that's what i do in quarantine life i just work 24 mm-hmm. 7 so so i'm going with a beer because i have no time to plan so <laughs> but uh, sparkly water so there you go um, mountain dew in true gamer form oh and decaf coffee <laughs> <laughs> oh my god um, but yeah, I wanted to get you on. I know we usually, uh, I explained to you, Todd and I, um, we're usually a more generic kind of nerdy news stuff. We're geeking out over the superhero movies and TV shows and Mandalorian, which I know Todd is itching to talk about. <laughs> um, but I, I'm, I, I know your forte is more horror. And I guess <clears throat> this is a good place to start because I was telling Meg this earlier and she found it really curious too, just like I did. I've heard the debates with you and Phoenix, how you've kind of talked about how you, you draw a line in the sand where you, you are very firm where there is horror on one side and sci-fi on the other side. And that's kind of perplexing to me. And Meg was like, well, what about like aliens? I mean, come on, where where do you, is that just the, okay, that's- There is that subgenre of sci-fi horror. That is, that's exactly right, yeah. But so once, you, once you enter the realm of sci-fi horror, it, to me, in my mind, it becomes more sci-fi than horror. Sci-fi horror, not horror sci-fi. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's it really like once that aspect gets kind of intertwined in, it moves towards this way versus what I'm partial to, I would say. Oh. I'll deal with the sci-fi. I like it. I'm not judging it. There's some great films out there, like anything really Invisible Man, that's considered sci-fi technically. Right. Um, right. But it's not as sci-fi-esque as Aliens would be, right. which Aliens right. is actually one of my favorites, so I shouldn't talk too much shit on sci-fi because it is one of my favorite movies. Um, but there's a lot of the otherworldly outer space stuff that tends to lose my attention. Right. Uh, right. But then... If, if I revisit it now and watch it with like a clean vision of everything, like the movie Life, watching that for the first time, I was like, okay, I have some, I'm like upset about it, but because I have a brain, 
I'm upset about it. But it was good. It was scary. Now, you're looking for the high bar masterpieces such as Jason X. Ooh, <laughs> yes. Leprechaun goes to space, even. <laughs> I was wanted to. Oh, God. First of all, can you really talk shit about Jason X, though? Like, understandably, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But if you look at the kills of that film, admittedly, it's kind of awesome. I only saw it once. Oh. Like when it first came to DVD and I bought it, I think that was around the time, like early 2000s, what, like end of my high school career where I just started working at the Vons down the street from the high school. And so I would take all my grocery store earnings and immediately go to Best Buy and just spend it. Every dime went to my DVD collection amassing. And Jason X was one of those random ones I picked up like, oh, this is cool. And uh, Freddy versus Jason, of course. Um, but Meg and I were talking about this and you might look at us with fury, but admittedly to this day, neither one of us have even gone through the entire run of the classics. Like I've seen the first four Freddy's, four, first four Nightmare on Elm Street. That's all you need. That's all you need. Stop there. Okay. <laughs> uh, I've seen... God, Friday, I think of only the first Friday the 13th, actually. I don't think I've even gone beyond that. And then, of course, Jason X, and then Freddy versus Jason, if you count that. Well, that, I mean, I feel kind of bad for you because you went from the first, the first Friday the 13th to Jason X. Yeah. <laughs> you fucked yourself at that moment when yeah. you chose to do that. I will say, when it comes to Nightmare on Elm Street, <clears throat> um, if you want to stop at four, great. But New Nightmare is very, very good. It is very you basically would do what every horror fan wishes they can do, which is skip over the campy shit. <laughs> because anything well, after four is just campy until it gets to New Nightmare. And then you're back into the Freddy realm. Yeah, I'm okay with all of it. I, I enjoy, I love the, you know, generally the first ones of the franchises because of the, you know, the purity of it and the origins. You got to, you know, number one is usually, sorry, I got to fly in here. Um, you know, number one usually just stands the test of time. Um, but even once uh, Freddy goes into that, uh, like that MTV era, I forget if it was three or four, where you started getting all those ridiculously creative kills with the um, uh, the uh, oh the the girl in the Roach Motel, or she basically mm -hmm. turns into a. Co I think it was four. It was like Dream Warriors or something. Dream Warriors is three. The three, sorry. Yeah. I think the one you're talking about is four. Okay. I remember, it, okay. Long story short, I remember the number, the first one I loved just because it's, it's very, it's just solid. It's classic. And Freddy is very much a, an awesome. And it was scary. For yeah, me. He's scary. actually a scary villain. And mm -hmm. then once you get into those mid eighties ones and beyond, <laughs> and it becomes, he becomes more of a character where he kind of insults you and makes fun of you and then <clears> kills you. Yeah. And it was kind of, you know, they threw in the levity in there. I, I like them both, um, mm -hmm. but I kind of skew more towards horror comedy. I mean, I love everything, you know, Evil Dead, uh, Ash versus Evil Dead, Army of Darkness, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Tucker, Tucker and Dale. Tucker and Dale versus Evil, oh, things like that. That one's so good. I love yeah. that movie. Cabin in the Woods. Cabin in the Woods. Um, what what do, do you have a certain genre or certain style that is like your number one? I know you're obsessed with Scream. I am. That is uh, you know, it's interesting that you say, cause, so you guys are talking about like the horror comedy 
side of it. And there's so many subgenres mixed in the horror <clears throat> genre itself. Yeah. Um, I was actually talking about this. I don't remember with who, but my daughter right now, she's 12. She's going through a lot of like 12 year old shit that realistically I didn't go through because I didn't have friends. I didn't care. I went to the, the movie store or the video store and I got a movie and I watched it that day and I stayed out of whatever she's, she's dealing with. Um, as I was telling Zach, I'm like, they really did like now looking at what she's going through. I'm like, God, they really, horror movies really did save my life because I didn't have to deal with any of that. And like, does she like me? Does she want to hang out with me? All that crap. For me, it was, I was always drawn towards the cover. And I know like, and Meg's going to be like, you're not supposed to judge a book by its cover. The covers are fucking amazing with horror yeah. films. Like yeah. I couldn't tell you how many times as a kid, I would go to the video store, you know, not Blockbuster, but like the mom and pop shop. And I was too young to watch any horror films. Like my mom would not rent them out for me, but mm -hmm. I loved the covers. Like the covers alone scared the crap out of me. Yeah. And I was so enthralled by them yeah. that I wanted to watch all of them. Able, you'd be able to figure out basically which one you, you wanted to see. I yeah. think, realistically, I think the very first one I picked was April Fool's Day. That cover in my head is like, the, the, it's so bright as far as like, I can, I can draw it out if, if somebody gave me a blank piece of paper because mm -hmm. I remember <laughs> it so much. And I remember looking at Children of the Corn and being like, hmm. Nope, it's too bright for me. Next. And I said, no, I don't want that one. Um, and I would judge it based on that, like Invasions of the Body Snatchers. I really liked the pink color that was on the cover. And so oh. I heard that one. It was like, you're I didn't. Talking about, sorry, you're talking about the, uh, is it 1990 uh, yes. Body Snatchers? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've never yeah. actually seen that version. I've only seen the original, but I always, same thing. That cover always caught my eye. Yes. And I was like, I, I want to see that someday. It's good. It is yeah. very, I mean, Children of the Corn could be good. I don't know. I've never seen it. I, it's not. It's not. It's yeah. not. Don't watch it. <laughs> yeah. Finally caught it like within the last five years. It's bad. Didn't See? It. Maybe there's it's not even good, thing. bad. It's just bad. bad yeah. See, that's, that's what uh, I figured. I was like, mm, full haircuts. I don't know. Yeah, creepy. <laughs> no, it's just the creepy kids. Yeah. Same, same with you. Same on white kids. Yeah. yeah. Right? It's, do they have blonde hair or white hair? Blondish white, like very blonde, <laughs> little. Nobody needs that kind of negative. No. Aryan race. And nobody race. needs the like eight films that followed either. <laughs> Was there eight? I mean, sort of I don't know eight, but there, there's a lot of other. I don't know how it. Like, I get it. You use a creepy kid. I have a creepy kid. It is creepy. <laughs> I get it. It's fine. But children yeah. of the corn. Where, where do they come from? Does anybody know the premise of that? I still don't. I don't know. Maybe if you blind. read the book, it might make more sense. Is it a book? Well, it's Stephen King, right? Children of the Corn? I forget. I don't even remember. It might, it sounds like, it might well, be. Now I'm going to fact check that. I have <laughs> I'm looking that up right now. To the internet. <laughs> I think we all are. Yeah, it's a Stephen King. Ha. Oh, okay. Stephen King, 1977 short story. I'm not, I'm not a nerd. <laughs> Lies. Lies. We're all nerds. Now, like you guys, I do remember, I have vivid, fond memories of going to, before we even went to Blockbuster, by, down by the house where I grew up, we had the warehouse, um, which <laughs> eventually became warehouse music, where they were just selling CDs. <clears throat> then I think that got bought out by FYE or mm. something like that. But we had a big, 
like rental store or the warehouse and I fucking love those old VHS covers. You, know, you go in there and vividly, it's, it's specifically, I always remember seeing the entire original Child's Play trilogy. Yeah. They had those lined up and Evil Dead 2. Yes, the, Evil Dead. The skull with the eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always saw that. I was just fixated on it. It's like, I don't know what it is. It looks scary. But I mean, I was like, <clears throat> you know, young. I was way too yeah. young for it. Now, Nelly, when you were talking about the the covers that you could like just draw out because they're so vivid in your mind, to me, that was Evil Dead 2 and sadly, Leprechaun. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep. The original uh, ones. Do you guys remember Ginger Snaps? Oh, oh yeah. She was obsessed with Ginger Snaps. I used to love that film. <laughs> I will be honest, I never saw it because I wasn't intrigued by the cover. I was just it, like, I don't know. It's a movie. So <laughs> <laughs> it is a movie. It was I have never been interested in like witch and Dracula stuff. <laughs> and to me, I don't know what that movie's about, but I figured it was about witches. It's um, werewolves. Werewolves. Oh, see? I'm fucking way off. Yeah, but it's I a, judged it's, it. I was just like, no. But it, it was like year 2000? Yeah. The the whole yeah. thing about Ginger Snaps, though, is how heavy-handed they went with the metaphor of it being girls coming of age and their periods and, you know, all that junk. But that's kind of what it gets a lot of crap for. I liked it when I saw it. I feel like remembering it, it's very much a movie of its time. Mm-hmm. I don't know how well it holds up today because I haven't seen it since it came out. Sure. Um, so I'm quite curious to go back and rewatch it and be like, oh, no. It holds up about <laughs> as good as any year 2000 low-budget Canadian horror flick. <laughs> <laughs> I don't There's some of them out there. I mean, I just watched uh, Shocker again in The Frighteners. Um, right. and, I mean, Tony, you know how, how like avid I am about defending Shocker. And I'm like, I'm so excited. I remember everything. And I'm like, I remember none of this at all. <laughs> I don't know anything that's going to happen. And Phoenix is like, what are you talking about? You're a huge fan. You talk about it all the time. I'm like, I don't remember shit. I'm going to be remembering a completely different movie? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I remember how it ended. It was great. It's, it's still, to me, it's still a good movie. Yeah. But for, for the longest time, I thought that the guy, the main character, the the good guy in the movie was the same as the guy that played in the second Nightmare on Elm Street, <clears throat> and they are not the same. The the kid. Yeah. Uh, I I can't remember his name now, but. I well, I thought I think it's Bill Paxton that I could be way off. That's in the second Nightmare on Elm Street, Nightmare on Elm Street Two. Uh, you know, the gayest nightmare on Elm Street. That's what yeah. yeah. I just saw on Instagram on a random, like, at, you know how they slip ads in between Instagram stories? Yeah. And it was like a, a bunch of like random pop culture shirts and it was horror shirts. And there was a, it was a bit, it was basically the poster art for <clears throat> Nightmare on Elm Street 2, but it had like the rainbow flag, like yep. superimposed underneath it. And <laughs> yeah, that, it's just funny. Um, I'm trying to make sure that I do not nightmare on. I don't want to be that. Bill Paxton I mean, again, it's been years. Mark Patton. Mark Please Patton. forgive me because the other guy that I named is a very, very well-known actor. Yeah. Mark Patton is who it's I'm tonight. That was way yeah. off. Don't worry. We do that all the time on this podcast. Like, I was we like, spend... wait a minute. I'm going to make sure I fix that. 
Yeah, we spend half the podcast talking, uh, trying to remember names and saying the wrong name and then correcting ourselves. Yeah, and I have to edit out all the silence so we don't sound like decrepit old people. (laughs) (laughs) Now, um, your origin story, uh, you've talked about it on your own podcast. People should tune in to I'll Drink to Horror. Um, But you you actually um, uh, credit your mom to introducing you to all things horror at a very young age, right? Uh, I'm pretty sure it was my mother's decision. Yeah, I actually saw my very first horror movie when I was four, uh, which was Child's Play. Nice. A plus parenting, I feel. Good choice. Um, yes, I did. I was four years old. Uh, I to this day I can remember how I was laying on my parents' lap and where my brothers were sitting. We were. It was a family night watching <laughs> Child's Play. So was that kind of like a? <laughs> Kind of like a oops we didn't know that this was going to be this intense or it, it, they just decided from early on like eh, no we're not going to censor our kids like it, it'll be fine i think that they just grew up going you know what i mean we we first of all we lived in jersey which was not a good part of jersey and i think that they just went fuck it there's worse things in the world <laughs> let's just show them everything that's awesome. um and realistically if, if it was my mother's idea she probably thought it was about a doll and that it was for kids I'm thinking. Um, And then once it started, she was just like, fuck it, let it ride, I'm assuming. Um, So it it happened. And uh, for me, it was fantastic. But after that, I actually just found out, I want to say a couple weeks ago, my mother is a nerd, like a a sci-fi nerd, though, which freaks me out to think that she's cool (laughs) at all. How dare she? Yeah, it's just really weird. So she'll sit there and she'll like rattle off like things from her time. And I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, you know, this movie and this movie and it had this person in it and this person in it. And then I'll like ask Phoenix about him. He's like, shut up. She like knows about that. And like, this is cool. And I'm like, that's weird. To me, that's really weird. So for you, it's it's got to be slashers, serial killers, psychotic dolls versus aliens and future Although, and things like that. I think it's because to me, uh, well, not serial killers because they are very real in this world, <laughs> but like psychotic dolls, ghosts, monsters, shit like that mm-hmm. is less real to me than aliens are. To me, okay. that shit, like I'm not one of those people that's like, nah, we're the only people. Like, no, I don't think that. I'm pretty sure they're around. So does it, it's like, it feels, eh, it feels a little too real for you? Now that's, uh, Meg has said in the past to me, uh, I mean, she, she loves watching horror films along with me, um, but anything because of, um, you know, she grew up in a bit of a religious household, went to Catholic school. So anything, even though she I don't do possessions or haunted houses. I mean, I'll watch them, but under certain condition conditions um because they freak me out too much where i can dismiss the slasher serial killer stuff a little bit easier than i can dismiss the paranormal stuff right that shit just like that shit creeps into me at night in in the shadows while i'm trying to sleep And I'm pretty sure no one's going to be scaling our two-story apartments to try and, you know, kill me in the, in the night. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't see that being plausible. And yet I totally feel like more of the paranormal stuff would happen more well, so. Well, there has to be a reason why exorcisms <clears throat> exist. Why does the Pope have to get involved? Why do they have to okay it? Why is this a thing? Why is this a thing? 
<laughs> Which is funny because I'm not a religious person at all, but because of my upbringing and the way that it's taught us to view the paranormal and supernatural, it's just like, I feel like it's so fucking real and it freaks me out to my core. Mm -hmm. So watching that stuff, like, I have a hard time watching it, like, at night, in the dark, at the theater. You know, it has to be during the daytime with all the lights on. I have to be prepared. I have to have some stuff set up to watch afterwards, like <laughs> cartoons. <laughs> so, so you're saying Arnold Schwarzenegger's attempt uh, at a, a supernatural horror, End of Days, is your favorite film? Oh, which one is that? That's uh, the that's yeah, the, right. the religious one where he's going up against the Catholic Church. <laughs> uh, Gabriel Byrne plays the devil. I don't think I've seen that. What's the name of it? End, End, of, End days. of Days. Oh, no. Yeah, it was, I remember it being okay. Really? Huh? Arnold in a horror movie? Yeah, yeah. I, it was, what was it, 99? 99. Uh, that was his, like, I think his only attempt at a horror film. Yeah, it was a little sleep. I mean, you could argue that some of the stinkers that he made around that time were horror films just because they were horrible <laughs> to sit through. <clears throat> the, what was it? The sixth, the sixth Day was the one. Where oh, that was the one where he was a clone? Yeah. That one was awful. Yeah. It was, ugh. Anyway. Is that considered horror, really? Not like horror sci-fi or horror? It's like a suspense, uh, religious really? thriller kind of horror. Hmm. end of day there's, there's definitely yeah there's definitely horror elements mystery elements to it uh there is a bit of action because it's, it's a schwarzenegger film yeah. i mean gabriel Byrne plays a good devil i mean he's just a good actor in general that's but. probably the only highlight of that film is his acting him yeah. as the devil see I, I tend to like lose interest when they start discussing the devil and angels and all that crap like i was huge into watching supernatural as soon as they started talking about angels and devils and demons, I was like, and I'm done. Oh, wow. That's exactly where we're at in the show right now. <laughs> Meg and I, Meg and I are, are binging that for the first time ever right now. Have you met Castiel yet? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. We love Castiel. Only good thing about that yeah. whole angels and demons thing. He's Only. pretty fantastic. Yeah. He's hysterical good times yeah we're uh <clears throat> we've been flying through it it's only been in like maybe two months or something and we're about a third well we're at, nearing the end of season five it's 15 fucking seasons <laughs> so we're a third of the way through but what else are you going to do in quarantine that's true have you guys gotten to the episode where castiel tries to leave a voicemail oh yes yeah. it's yeah. great yeah I wanted that to be my outgoing message. Yeah. I think we actually just got to that like that was, last night. It was literally like a <laughs> night or two ago. They're like, uh, oh, a D, uh, no, uh, Sam calls him and is trying to leave a message. You hear the automated thing saying, you know, please leave a message for, and that's when you're supposed to hear the person say their own name. And it's just Cassie, I don't understand. Why do you want me to say my name? Oh, hello? What is it? <laughs> it's great. I love Castiel so much. Fantastic. I love that that show, it, I mean, it does get into like the serious, overly serious, like Angels and Demons, blah, 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 but they still have yeah. some fun with it. Like they Oh, put, my favorite episode is like themselves. the 90s TV show episode where they redo a bunch of like- Well, they get trapped in They like get trapped a, in the TV. Like a, basically a TV universe. Yeah. So they're in, they, it's supernatural as if like it was full house, like they're on a 90s sitcom set. It's bonkers. It's, fucking bonkers. So it's not the one where they're playing themselves, playing themselves? I think 
So I don't know. They do that know. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, ha- have they met like uh, the producers of the actual show Supernatural? No. In the show? Okay, then never mind. I'm, okay. I'm done. Okay. Well. Have you done the Anyways, news- uh, yeah. we've talked about the show to death before. So yeah, we've worked. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so in in light of your upbringing that uh-huh. you were basically given free reign or you know at least were extended like okay you 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 were your parents were cool with letting you watch what you wanted to watch or you'll watch some scary shit um does that translate down to to your household now or are you totally tried totally tried, tried. Mm-hmm. not interested i tried with uh with 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 child's play when huh. she was five <laughs> and she watched it and she was like okay okay until the part, this part where she's like, talk to me, I'll throw you in the fire. And then, the, you know, Chucky starts going crazy. Uh-huh. Um, and that was, my daughter just went, nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> and she, she got up and she <clears throat> wobbled with her big ass head over into her room. And <laughs> that was it. And now, like, <laughs> she doesn't like polka dots. Get this. She doesn't like polka dots. Anything with polka dots. Paper, nothing. Um, because of Jason's mask. Oh. oh. Interesting. I've never well, made her watch a fucking Jason ever in my life. I'm like, how do you even know? Because well, you should have all the toys, mommy. <laughs> well, I was, when I was a kid, I had never seen any of the Jason films. Um, but I was scared of hockey masks because I, I had the association of hockey masks with Jason. I went to my cousin's house in Arizona and he had a hockey mask hanging from his door and I wouldn't go inside of his room unless the door was opened all the way so that the hockey mask was hidden mm-hmm. because I was scared of it, even though I had never seen the films, but I knew like he was a bad guy and he kills people and yeah, it like freaked me out. Mm. And to be fair, as far as the fear of holes and whatnot and the hockey mask looking things should be concerned, um, Crocs should be banned from the known universe. <laughs> well, Just isn't there a, like a actual medical fear of like holes and stuff? Yeah, no, that's yeah. A thing. It's like tryptophobia or something mm-hmm. like that. I think uh, no, she was yeah. just scared. She, that's what she claims to have. Mm. She's possible. like, I can't look at it. it freaks me out. I'm like, you could have well, picked like a cooler thing to be scared of. Well, the one like, version of that that disgusts me, that like, makes me like, huh, like, uh, I can't look <laughs> at it. It's the, because usually you see it online whenever you see that definition pop up. The oh my God. Whatever, it's the, the, the species of frog that, oh. births, that births from its back. Nope. And nope. So I don't feel, even know. It's just, oh, it makes me want to vomit. It's horrible. It's awful. Oh, like, I want to see this. I literally didn't know that was a thing until uh, this moment. It's, <laughs> like I could have died without ever knowing that. Yeah. All right. Welcome Why to the pain. <laughs> Enjoy it. No. <laughs> it's a gift to you. Um, Ew. Yeah. <laughs> Do you imagine? Well, I don't have to imagine. I've seen it. It's horrible. It's awful. Meg's Meg is looking it up right Come now. On. Meg is the kind of person who enjoys that Dr. Pimple Popper bullshit. Oh. I don't I I don't know. Why what, did you have to say that? Because oh my god, you know what she's gonna do right now? She's gonna get intrigued by the frog. Uh-huh. That's that's what yeah. she's looking up right now. Blah. She's on her phone looking that up right now. Blah. 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 
Does it really? Like that's I marry. <laughs> Moving on. So we, I need a palate cleanser. Yeah, that's pretty gross. Yeah, it is gross. Yeah, it's it? gross. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, no one want to look that up. Thank you for confirming. Okay, confirm is gross. Uh, <laughs> do you have a favorite? I know there's so many, like you said, so many genres and so many sub-genres of horror. Do you have a certain particular style or favorite, personal favorite of yours? Like, what do you look for in a horror movie? Or is that too broad to ask? That's, t I, I feel like that's, that's tough <clears throat> because I, I enjoy thinking a lot, but then there's times where I enjoy like, just please, I don't want to think. I just want to watch people die. Yeah. Let it happen, um, which sounds super morbid. I understand that, but. Um, gonna watch I don't that. <laughs> because two of my favorites, like one is just mindless fun and one is like where you have to think, you know, Psycho is one where you're, you're brought into that going, what is going on? You know, you're really thinking you're using your brain. You're trying to be the detective the whole time. Whereas Child's Play, you're just like people dying. It's awesome. So yeah. it, I don't like super duper campy. I'll say that. I like finding, um, diamonds in a rough, if you will, like. If I could watch a B-rated horror film and it makes me super happy, I'm just, that that's better than watching something that's like a brand new Michael Myers. For me, that's better. Agreed. Something, something that maybe flew under the radar and like you said, Diamond in the Rough. Yeah. I mentioned to you a ways back and have you looked into Shudder? No. Oh, girl that, that you need shutter yeah, in your life that, like right now that streaming service is made for you yes um and how they, much is that one a month huh how much is that one a month uh well they usually have promos i mean i i, I you i think you save on it when you buy it for the year because i i got a promo and it, it ended up being like coming out to like three dollars and change a month like it was oh, that's nothing. yeah Wait, um, what is it called shutter horror horror uh, well, it's just called Shudder, S-H-U-D-D-E-R. But, oh, Shudder, uh, I'm an idiot. I was spelling it wrong. Yeah, no, not like Shudder's like blinds or anything. But the uh, the main draw for me, what I was intrigued by was they uh, were promoting this show that they were doing with Joe Bob Briggs, um, who's, uh, he used to be a horror uh, host and film critic <clears throat> back in the 90s uh, with Monster Vision on T TNT. And kind of like an Elvira type personality, um, except he's a like a grizzly old Texan dude. And he just sits there and he'll host a, a B movie, you know, something, a classic, something, usually the ones that fly under the radar and uh, tells you a bit of the history about it. You watch a segment of it and then it cuts to him, um, you know, instead of commercial and gives you more like behind the scenes info on it, why it was important for horror <clears throat> history, et cetera, et cetera. And some of them are, you know, some of them are, are really awesome. Some of them are tough to watch sometimes, but it's really- I think we've even shut one off at one point because we just, we couldn't- Yeah, I think uh, Trauma's War, that one oh, we that couldn't horrible. get through. But it's really nice to see it with the perspective of, a, of somebody who's, he's not just watching them to laugh at him. He's like, he genuinely appreciates them, even if they don't have the best acting in this one or the best writing or something like sometimes it's the cinematography was brilliant in this one even if everything else was crap or something or or sometimes they're really golden gems that were made under a ridiculously low budget with which horror in general tends to get away with does it have any um like movies that we've heard of before or is it only shutter movies it's both 
it's both. So just oh, like just okay. like Netflix, basically, they have Shutter Originals and uh-huh. they have you know classics and you know, movies from everywhere that they've licensed. Uh, okay, I need to do that for sure. Yeah. They, I don't know. I feel like Zach is so like not like he tries to appease me, but really he's just like. We were talking about this earlier. It's funny because I was telling Meg how you're very like not into sci-fi. It's just not your bag. And I was like, but she's with Zach. Like, <laughs> <is> she... <laughs> yeah. And he's super into the sci-fi stuff. Oh yeah. yeah. Which he's gotten me to see some of the. Okay, first of all, before before we wrap up, mm-hmm. I watched The Happening for the first time. The ha- Oh, I have not seen it. I've only heard people rail on it about how okay. ridiculous it is. Has anybody, anybody, anybody here seen it? That's no. uh, Mark Wahlberg versus the trees, right? Oh, that's the one. That I've seen that, and that is, oh, God. <laughs> it's fucking awful. Oh, <laughs> my God. First of all, did they tell them to act like that? Why was he acting like that? I was like, whoa, Mark, first of all, I would sit on that guy's face, okay? Why are you acting like you don't know how to fucking act? What is the deal here? Oh, Walter, it was he's terrible. Just looking, he's looking in random directions. He's just glass-eyed. Just... And he's just talking, like randomly talking. Oh, I got to see this now. Okay. We, we got a we gotta yeah. mystery science theater, this shit. <laughs> Wow. Oh my god! Oh, that's funny. Um, and the, the, don't watch it. The Tony, trees, do the wind. Don't don't do that to her. Don't do, don't do <laughs> it. So I was gonna tell you if you if and when you do get Shutter, you need to watch this documentary. It's like a four hour plus long documentary. It's called uh, In, In Search, Search of Darkness. Yeah. And it's all about 80s films, 80s horror 80s films. Horror, yeah, like they go all through the decade. In Search of Darkness? Yes, yeah. it is so good if you have the time, even if you break it up into segments. Yeah, they're I, actually making a second part to it yeah, as well. They're making a part two as well. But uh, that's what Meg and I, we watched it and uh, ended up just, Meg sat there with a notepad and she started marking down all of these classics that she had never seen before. And so through the month of October, we just said, okay, we're going to, pick a random number and we started watching all these ones that we had never actually seen before as opposed to what we usually do through October is like just pick, dig out the old classics that we've seen a thousand times but it was mm-hmm. really cool it was really informative and we got to see a bunch I mean stuff that I had, I had had on my in the back of my brain like oh yeah I should get around to this eventually and I was like casually aware of but never actually sat down and watched like the howling never even watched that yeah, yeah um we uh oh what was the uh, Cujo um Freaking Cujo. We had never like, seen Cujo before. Yeah, a lot of Stephen King. I, watched, I made Samantha watch that when we got her. She was a wee baby <laughs> and she hid underneath the couch. It was yeah. the best babysitter ever. Yeah. <laughs> so much D. Wallace. And oh my God, she acted her ass off in that yeah. movie too. Especially. She really did. Oh my God. Yeah. And I was reading it's also up the interesting trivia. to see how many of those actresses kind of did the horror circuit. They were in so many of these films. Yeah. Scream Queens. Yeah. Yeah. They certainly were. But I highly recommend that documentary. Mm-hmm. And it's on Shutter, so it's an easy way to see it. But oh man. I love I love documentaries. Like That's once good. I get into the documentary feel yeah. it's gonna be very hard to get me out of it i mean true crime That's documentary like you name it four plus hours of horror documentary oh, yes. oh that makes me happy. it's a big one yeah there's you gotta a, watch it. there's another short series that's a good one on there cursed films where it talked about all the uh, films that have 
you know, a history of uh, things going wrong in the like set or around. Like or Exorcist. Right, yeah. Wait, what's this Cursed films also on Shudder. Um, really? I feel like we should be sponsored by Shudder at this point. I mean, I've come on. Times on this you guys mention it at least once every uh, every podcast. And that's so what we've been doing. That's one of the things that's been getting us by through and quarantine, like that and video games. I good. actually actively look on YouTube for horror um, documentaries, and I can never find ones I haven't seen already. Yeah. So yeah, I'm super yeah. excited now that I have some. Check yeah. it out. Yeah, you'll enjoy it. Zach's going to be pissed. <laughs> <laughs> just force him to sit through. You Just compromise. Just, like, t- just blame oh. it on me. Tell him your sister told us we have to watch this. Yeah. Just, so go kick her ass. <laughs> just compromise. I made him watch one on directors and he was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> directors, really? And I was like, yeah, it's all the horror directors. Okay. Like, okay, great. Have them just say, you can just sit with me and humor me through all of these hours of, of documentaries on horror and I will watch one superhero movie. <laughs> no, absolutely fucking not. <laughs> no, no. I feel like the fact that he made me sit through, I, what movie was it? It was one that I swear was like five hours long, honestly. Oh, it was the one with Bane. <laughs> that one. <laughs> Which one is that That's one? Good impression. Yeah, uh, the the Dark Knight Rises. Oh, first of all, at least eight hours. I will never get back. He baited me because Tom Hardy, bless his heart. Oh, I love Tom Hardy, but you can see his face in half that film. <laughs> well, in half the movies he does, Tom Hardy's under a mask. It's freaking Mad Max Fury Road. Uh, that one is That's for sure, but it won't be this. That was awful. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, why does he say, like, he's, I don't. <laughs> and, and, and the thing is, is like, like, while watching that movie, I grew, I grew increasingly more agitated, I felt. <laughs> And poor Zach, because he's just so happy. And, and because he was so happy, it made me hate him. <laughs> so why are you guys getting married again? Yeah, so I just, I just like looked at him like, um, and I wanted, I just, I just kept being like, wow, this movie must have won awards, huh? And he's like, why are you being so mean about it? <laughs> just, yeah, marriage is about just looking politely over and saying, I'm happy that you're happy. <laughs> but I wasn't. And that's that. <laughs> no be unhappy <laughs> okay i know i know you have to go soon so i had a couple other quick questions <clears throat> do you have a favorite franchise hmm it'd be no <laughs> okay okay like a favorite one do you, of all time like do would you be able to put either a top movie a top series of, of horror films uh, or is that too much to ask? It's just too hard to choose. That's so hard. Are really one? I mean, I can give you at least six. Okay. <laughs> I don't know one. Mm, no. Top five. Okay. You know what? How about this? If I was, if if somebody was like, you're going to be on a deserted island. Right. Absolutely, a hundred percent. Only get to choose one franchise. The one that's going to going to entertain me the most and keep me like sane would be saw really interesting okay. choice mm-hmm. that's another one i've only he seen shook the his head at me. i think he shook his head like, <laughs> that so saw and me do not get along because movies like saw are the reason why i got out of horror 
the like kind of torture porn ish. Yeah, the torture porn, the gore, oh. like cell. <clears throat> Not the your bag. Cell was another one that was like I, I saw that. Like, first of all, I think the cell and like hostile are on another level as far as like gore porn. Saw really? Do we yeah. Maybe? Well, it wasn't Saw itself. I mean, I didn't care for Saw, but like it started the trend where everything had to emulate the torture porn. Like Hostile, thing. things like that. A lot of Eli I didn't Roth. like Hostile. No, Hostile made me really depressed. I don't yeah, like Hostile. Fuck Eli Roth. even get through the first <laughs> yeah, film. thank you. Yeah. I agree with him on that. All oh, of his movies are terrible. Said. We all, all of us found one common point. Fuck Eli Roth. Yeah, I'm not, <laughs> you know what? I will give him the, you know, the original, um, what is it called? The Fear Cabin, Cabin Fever. Cabin Fever? The, yes, I will okay. give him that. The remake of that shit, shot by shot remake of Cabin Fever. Hmm. What, first of all, what was the fucking point? I don't understand. <laughs> Wait, somebody Seven remade days. his Cabin Fever? Yeah, he, re he redid his same one. Oh, he redid his own? I believe it was him that remade his own. Ugh. That's sad. That's... I feel like he's, <laughs> he's kind of like um, a less goth version of Rob Zombie that just does a movie so he can throw his wife in it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. All right. Cool. I mean... Uh, life's hot. Okay. Well, that's all that matters in life, really. I mean, that's that's that. <clears throat> yeah. Um, have you... Have you gone to any of the uh, like horror conventions? Have you met any of your uh, of your idols that you've, or is there anybody that yes. you'd like to meet? I got to meet Brad Dourif. Uh... <laughs> That's a puppy. <laughs> That's what editing is for. He's a bit dumb. <laughs> um, I got to meet Brad Dourif. Nice. Uh, Alex Vincent, same. <clears throat> same uh, convention of course um i couldn't i wasn't really good at <laughs> dogs don't appreciate podcasts <laughs> i knew it was coming before i waited <laughs> um I wasn't good at verbalizing with Brad because that for me, I mean, four years old. So th this man was like my everything. Yeah. At least in my nightmares from the time I was four years old. Hmm. Uh, the sweetest man ever, obviously. Um, <clears throat> Alex Vincent was very nice. So I would say probably the kindest one that I ever met, Kane Hodder and Derek Mears. Oh, cool. They both played the same same character, uh, Jason Voorhees, but they were the nicest two that I've met. That's awesome. I found, I found that in a lot of these interviews with, you know, these prominent actors from these horror films, everybody always says how nice they all are. Like they're the most terrifying things on screen, but behind, you know, the acting is just such a nice person. Yeah. It's I, hard to imagine them like being able to even portray this kind of fearsome. Yeah, we, we saw him in passing a few times, never <clears> came <throat> up and said hi. Honestly, I wasn't familiar with his work at the time, but I know everybody said Sid Haig was a sweetheart. Uh, <sighs> I've met him. I'm sorry. First of all, rest in peace. Um, he was better than, than Derek and, and Kane. 
Yeah. Uh, we just met him at a Comic Con with Christy. Okay, I never, I wasn't sure if we ever went up and said it's kind of a blur. I know Bill Mosley. Um, we we met a few times. Um, Not a fan. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> met him briefly. I mean, he seemed fine, but I, I mean, I, I couldn't really form an opinion. Um, I adore and like I adore aliens. I uh, I met Lance Henriksen. Uh, <gasps> yep. And he was he was wonderful and kind and sweet. I bought his book. Still haven't read it, but it's up on the shelf with a thousand other books I've read. Uh, Who was the, the badass chick from Aliens? Was it Rodriguez? Huh? What was her name? Something, was it Rodriguez? Oh, oh, you're talking about, um, oh. Alien? Yeah, shit. Well, yeah, um, Vasquez was the, Vasquez. Was the character, um, <clears throat> but the, uh, uh, the actress is uh, Je- uh, Jeanette Goldstein. Um, Nick Goldstein, which is funny, she was playing like a Hispanic and she's very much not. <laughs> but she was kind of a chameleon like that. She also played the uh, the Irish immigrant mom uh, who dies on the Titanic with uh, her little ones. Like oh, they- so sad. Yeah. Really? Um, yeah, she's, she's, she was kind of all over the place. <laughs> she's a common uh, appearance in James Cameron movies. Um, oh, Jeanette Goldstein, yeah. Jeanette Goldstein, yeah. And she was very nice. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. awesome. Um, uh, who else do we? I, oh man, I have a list. Uh, Michael, it's funny because it's funny. I was going to bring this up because just our previous episode, for some reason, we went on a tangent about tremors, and then like a day later, <laughs> I listened to your guys' episode where you were berating tremors. You're like, "Why the fuck does everybody love tremors?" <laughs> Correction, I said every man. Every man. I'm like, you guys come out tremors. of the room, and they're like, "Make sure you like tremors." Okay. It's one of those like rites of passage, I think, for men of our generation. Like if it's on TV and it was it was on like USA for like 15 years <laughs> in an afternoon sure it on USA, it was there and you, you just sit there and you watch it. Even if it's already halfway through, you watch the rest of it. It's it was a toss up. It's either yeah. Tremors or Twister. One of the two have to be on. Yeah. There's subliminal messaging in that. No. Oh, well, yeah, it's all about dicks, obviously. Big, <laughs> man, sure. dicks. Um, but Michael Gross, the one guy who's been in like all of them, I met him at Monster Palooza in Burbank. He was a lovely man. Um, uh, Ashley Lawrence uh, from Hellraiser. Oh, okay. Yeah, met her. She signed my friend's boobs. Uh, she, <laughs> uh, and of course, we met Joe Bob Briggs and Diana Prince at uh, their drive-in event recently. Um, we might have seen that on our Instagram. Uh, and a mm-hmm. ways back, we, I mean, we've seen her at a few conventions since, but I think at least once we actually went up and said hi and got an autograph from Cassandra Peterson. Oh, we had uh, multiple run-ins with Cassandra Peterson. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we, uh, went the, really nice. we went oh, yeah, to the, we went to the Pee Wee Herman, um, Pee Wee's Big Adventure 35th anniversary show, yeah. literally weeks before COVID happened. Yeah. And she happened to be sitting like, four rows behind us yeah through the whole show through the whole show just like nonchalant you know just part of the regular audience with (laughs) probably a a bodyguard of some sort with her but well they're lifelong friends Cassandra Peterson and Paul Rubens they met at um I forget which improv troupe but it's it's where they developed their characters that they ended up using their whole damn lives um yeah so they still hang out and so she was there supporting him at the show which is awesome didn't Kiwi get caught frapping in a in a mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like early 90s yeah that was his big controversy that's what lost him the tv show yeah yeah 
Although, like, one of, wait, I'm thinking of two fucking different people. Because I'm thinking of Ernest. Oh. Yeah, Ernest Pee Wee's Playhouse. No, Ernest didn't do it. It was Pee Wee whipped it out. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when my parents turned off Ernest or Pee Wee for me. I can't watch it anymore. Oh. Like, what do I care what he does in a theater? Yeah. Exactly. I mean, it was a, I think it was a triple X theater. It was like an old, yeah, no, it was a porn theater. It was literally a porn theater off Hollywood Boulevard. Yeah. And this is the difference because my parents told me that it was during a G rated movie during the day while kids were in the theater. Oh, no, bullshit. Yeah. It was, it was an empty porn theater. I think there was like three people total in there and they were all doing the same thing. Except (laughs) one of them was like an undercover cop or something. Are you there, Todd? You got a lot of details. (laughs) (laughs) No, I was a big Pee Wee Herman fan when I was a kid. I I watched the show religiously. Yeah. It would be weird if he wasn't doing those shenanigans in a porn theater. (laughs) That's what you're doing. Exactly. I have a, a big, important follow-up question. Do these places still exist? No, not anymore. Not, at least not in, like, the L.A. Hollywood area. Like, all of that went out with New York, how New York cleaned up its, like, Times Square area in, the like, late 80s, mid-90s. L.A. kind of did the same thing with Santa Monica Boulevard and uh, Hollywood Boulevard. But there's still, like, adult shops that do uh, the peak shows. Those still exist. Those are more like strip club kind of things. Yeah. I'm sure that even those are fighting for business now that, I mean, porn is uh, available on this thing, this magical place called the internet. <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> and it's free. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Yeah. Anywho. <laughs> Maybe with this uh, new, uh, new day and age in the land of COVID, uh, we'll get more. I mean, drive-ins are making a comeback. Maybe we'll get adult drive-ins. There's actually... <laughs> There, there is, um, thanks to uh, Diana Prince, who is co-host with Joe Bob Briggs on his show on Shudder. Um, well, she's a, a former adult film actress. And so she occasionally like, you know, does shout outs to places like that. And there is apparently, I don't remember where exactly, but somewhere in Texas, there is like one of those few remaining drive-ins that is actually an exclusive adult drive-in. So I wanna go. Yeah, that's definitely <laughs> a road trip destination. <laughs> I'll have to look it up. I don't remember the name or the exact place in Texas, but it's somewhere. It's still. I wonder how awkward you would feel like being in your car, like, oh my god, can people see me watching this? Of course they can. Who cares? Right next to you, I would feel so awkward. Every other car around you is shaking. So why does it even matter? Yeah, it's a little fogged up. Could be weed. Could be just. But you don't even. It doesn't even have to be be a dirty movie. You just go to any drive-in and you can find that happening. Yeah. Like, fun. Now you're going to a drive-in for a film that helps with that. There you go. They're just, they're just, it's, they, they've got the means to the end. They, they're just, they're completing the equation for you. Um, I, I tried to look up like a little bit of like horror news. Cause usually we do like nerdy news, like, oh, these, you know, new movies are coming down the line. And again, I know with, you know, you're kind of like, skewed more towards straight horror and not sci-fi stuff i was kind of it was kind of hard to find news right now because everything's shut down for COVID or delayed um i did see i don't have do you are you into stranger things at all uh robert england robert, robert yeah. england is joining for season four yeah 
pretty, that's pretty, yeah. Oh, we got some of our attention. Oh, yeah, Todd did what? <laughs> yeah. I didn't hear that. That looks, that sounds amazing. Yeah, uh, Robert England, who uh, is playing a disturbed uh, man in, imprisoned in a psych hospital for a gruesome murder he committed in the 1950s. We're getting Robert England. I'm happy. That's, that's yeah, all we need. Exactly. All we need. Yeah. Um, there is, here's something that kind of skirts that line again. Uh, because there's an I'm 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 a longtime Predator fan, and that you, maybe the that is more action action adventure horror sci-fi whatever, uh, but interesting development they're making. First off, I kind of shrug is like oh man they're making another fucking Predator film like why? <laughs> the last one was okay it kind of fell apart at the end it got ridiculous. Uh, but this one has an intriguing director. If you ever saw 10 Cloverfield Lane. Yes, very good. I love the shit out of uh, Dan Trachtenberg, that director. And by the way, that was his directorial debut. Really? Yeah. That's a really good movie. Seriously, yeah. On he, so many different levels, too. Oh, my God, yeah. yeah. So he is uh, directing the new uh, Predator <laughs> film in development. So I am very excited to see what they make out of that. Uh, definitely obvious in what what way you lean in the horror <laughs> in the horror realm Why because I mean, news, I... news wise scream five just wrapped up they wrapped already yeah they wrapped already yeah oh wow which i think was yesterday or the day prior they just wrapped damn okay what yeah. what do you want because i know that's your bread and butter i know that's or at least that's you know close to your heart from childhood what yeah. do you want to see in Scream 5? Oh, man. <laughs> you know, I'm just, uh, first of all, I don't want to see Jill. I don't want to see a bunch of teeny boppers, a new generation. I don't want to see it. I, I never even to... saw the fourth one. No. Don't. No, just... That's it. Just don't. <laughs> don't bother. Uh, it, to me, the, the fourth one was very recycled, it felt. Yeah. Um, I would say for the fifth one, I'd like to see them concentrate on the three core characters as far as who I would like to see come back. Mm -hmm. I think if they wanted to, they really could bring Jamie Kennedy back as a killer if they thought about it. <laughs> that is, a, that, that, you know, I laugh Their at reaction that. is priceless. <laughs> I, la I laugh at that, but at the same time, for a franchise like Scream, that's right up their alley. Like, if you think about it, he's the only one that didn't die with a bullet in his head. Uh-huh. Did he die or was he working with Mickey? You don't know. You that's don't know. a long con. What, 20 years later? I can see something? you having the conspiracy whiteboard on the wall with mm -hmm. a bunch of like red string going to all yeah. the different plot yeah. points. It, it, Charlie Day from It's Always Sunny. It happened, man. Yeah. <laughs> that he's the only one. How else are they going to shock us with this? Yeah, I don't know. The only thing, the only thing I can imagine, well, some people are speculating, I mean, the nerds online are going crazy because they announced that the title of the film is just straight up Scream. Yes, it is. And so people are wondering, horror aficionados are wondering, are they doing something in line with, like in the same spirit as the new Halloween movie uh, from- Where the, the three did not, or the three after didn't matter, didn't count? Yeah, they're kind of like just picking it up from its origins and bringing it now, kind of like a um, a fresh take or or kind of like a restarting of it. And at the same time, 
uh, picking up from where the original story left off. I will slap somebody. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so dumb. Who do you think you are? Like, honestly, no. I don't know. You, you can't do something like, like Halloween could do that because Halloween one and two coincided then three and four went together with one. And, you know, you had everything changed. But when you have four, three, 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 three did three not go with anything. Go with anything. Oh, which one? My bad. Yeah. <laughs> Four and five and six went with one, and you you had all these different ones that you can bounce around and make into your own little choose your own adventure craft. But with Scream, it doesn't do that. They're all cohesive, sort of, with each other. Yeah, yeah. It, it, just, just bring Stu back. He didn't die to that TV. Just just bring Matthew Lillard back in. Exactly. Yeah. That's true. He didn't die with a bullet in his head. Yeah. I like the way you think. Possible. Okay. Yeah. So I have like going off subjects changing to a new thing how do you feel about the new craft film <laughs> yes exactly, <laughs> exactly. Hold on, let me like, <laughs> like i'm i'm actually kind of upset about it <laughs> um i didn't know it existed until like three days ago oh yeah. god it looks so bad i i have no Okay. I think that's already out, isn't it? There's, I, th I think so. I just think you 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 can't remake or touch films like that yeah. until we are at least in our fucking fifties or sixties. Like, why don't you yeah. give us some time? Yeah, that's some fucking time. Like right now, I just feel like, geez, like we're not that old for this shit to be remade already. I know, right? Yeah, I. I hate to sound like the the crotchety old man, but I do think. It's not about, no, there should never be any reboots or remakes. That's fine. I mean, that's going to happen generationally. But it seems like the window of time has just been shortening to a ridiculous extent. I mean, we've had how many fucking Spider-Men in the last decade? <laughs> <laughs> like, we don't need, they're already working on another Lord of the Rings. That it's, that's way too soon. Oh. Like I said, give it like 30, 40, 50 years, maybe. Before we... <laughs> Rings wait. If you're talking about the Amazon series, that's a prequel that's going to be before. It's it's the middle time between Similaron and the events of uh, the Lord of the Rings that you know. Oh, okay. Don't care. Todd, <laughs> <laughs> you've seen the Lord of the Rings? Like you like you? Oh, like, Todd lives yeah. Lord of the Rings. I'm I'm a Lord of the Rings fanboy. Yeah. Oh, I fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> After I cried because I was forced to go see it. So. Oh, okay. I'm a yeah, fan, so and I still Lord of the Rings has that 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 effect. You're either a fanboy, or you have fallen asleep and you didn't give a shit about any of it. You're either a fanboy or you tolerate it. <laughs> I felt like it was a nice dose of Benadryl. <laughs> <laughs> nice better. It was scenery that people were walking in. It was a little bit, although Elijah Wood, mm, that's and, about it. And then bringing it back to the faculty. Yeah, oh, faculty. Oh my that's god, that's a damn good film. that I wanted forever. And I was like, why do none of them look like that? They look like that now. Notice now they didn't look like them that back then. Yeah. Where were you then? <laughs> yeah, where were you? Where were you in the nineties? Did you did you ever see the Elijah Wood uh, version of Maniac? No, and it's I actually heard, really good. That was good. Yeah, that's what I heard. But isn't it kind of gory? Yeah. Yeah. 
which I like. Yeah, it's yeah. Almost like a little. It's a gory slasher. Yeah. In fact, I think I saw that version before I saw the original Maniac. Yeah, we both did. Yeah. That's why I've been hesitant because as as much as I love Saw, I love Saw for different reasons, not because of the gore part. Uh, because of the storytelling and how they flip everything around mm. but when it comes to gore i'm not a huge fan mm. and it, it freaks me out because it makes me feel super depressed like hostile made me really depressed and i think i was in like a state of depression yeah. for probably like a month after watching hostile like i just walked out like why why is life like it was just not a good feeling yeah kind of like that and like like todd was saying earlier, I'm, I'm not a fan of it here. the only time i can take <laughs> extensive amounts of gore is if it's done in a campy way where it's silly like something like, dead like alive. E- evil dead or dead alive shit sure. like that but it's like oh okay it's ridiculous you know it's over the top yeah, the fountains of blood squirting out yeah 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 i can understand that yeah but i with that said i know i need to watch it because only good things have been said about that movie and his acting in that movie yeah, Eli- yeah. Eliza well eliza wood is just a super good actor yeah. you know to be he's with. a huge horror uh nerd yeah he, yeah i think he's gone on to, has horrible he... to watch him talk about it because he, he's like excited about it when he talks about it. it's adorable yeah. so i've seen in interviews yeah. i do not stalk him regularly. <laughs> lately <laughs> not since the court order not not <laughs> oh, oh shit we're running out of time again holy shit we're already running out of time again um all right well that's pretty much all i had um oh there was one uh i don't want to end on a downer note but this was something that uh i actually when i was looking for like horror related news and and stuff uh it's it's cool but it's also depressing as hell uh there was a uh, uh, super fan of Halloween, uh, this guy who was a, a YouTuber, Anthony Woodle, a uh, longtime super horror fan, uh, married his longtime girlfriend uh, at a ceremony that was officiated by Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, this guy, unfortunately, was terminally ill, um, <clears throat> esophageal cancer, which fucking sucks. The guy's like 29 years old, um, but just in the last few weeks here, um, somehow through some magical internet connections, they were able to get a hold of uh, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis and uh, and the producers of the the recent Halloween films. Um, uh, I forget the guy's name off the top of my head. Seth something. Anyway, uh, number one, uh, the producers arranged for them to see the new film Halloween Kills ahead of wow. time because you know because of COVID. It's the, the movie's been done. It's in the can. <clears throat> they're just they're waiting till next Halloween to push it out to theaters. Um, so they're just sitting on it. So they got this guy and his uh, girlfriend or fiance. They allowed them a private screening of it, got to watch a copy of it, loved the shit out of it. And then uh, a few days later, Jamie Lee Curtis officiated their wedding. Um, sadly, shortly after the guy did pass away. Um, but still, just like a, a really awesome, like final wishes thing they were able to do for him. Uh, yeah, I told that story and Meg was like, I'm gonna fucking cry. <laughs> <laughs> really sad why would you do this uh just i i didn't mean for it to be the last thing that we talked about on here but but it's just gosh tony read the room Uh, (laughs) it was just it was a really cool thing that the guys so you should support jamie lee curtis and the rest of the halloween crew because they're that awesome so don't forget halloween kills is coming out next halloween (laughs) and then eventually there it was supposed to be a planned trilogy right they were doing two and three I believe so, yeah. Yeah, so. 
Yeah. But other than that, I think we're just waiting around to see what uh, tries to get made in the meantime while COVID's still a thing. Um, well, we have that uh, Saw spinoff type movie. More Saw? <laughs> yes, sir. The one with the guy, um, Chris Rock. Chris I Rock is doing a song? Oh, yeah, I, didn't, I didn't even hear about that. It was supposed to come out this year, um, and it didn't. I heard they're making their Blumhouse is working on another Insidious, Insidious Five, and that's like part of the entire Insidious connected. Because in like the other movies, like the Nun and Annabelle or whatever, those are part of like the Insidious. No, those are the Conjuring. Conjuring, yeah. Oh, oh, that's or, a different universe. Yeah, that's a okay. Different universe. Okay, I'm mixing them up. Insidious was the one with the uh, the. Although they are coming out with, with another. Further. Movie. Huh. With the further. The further further that's the insidious one right with the uh the darth maul red looking devil dude yes yeah <laughs> oh have you heard that there's a saw escape room in las vegas i have i heard really? it's like fucking amazing too i'm a little too i'm like look i like it but i don't i don't know that i want to commit to that well i'm terrible <laughs> at escape rooms so you know. Yeah, we've done a couple escape rooms. We're lousy at it. We suck. I don't know about, could you, like, could you, it's a Vegas escape room. Mm -hmm. Like, what are you doing here, sir? That's, it's year round. You probably have to pay a lot for it. You probably have to sign a fucking waiver and shit. No. <laughs> probably. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. And then you get to the end and they sell you to, like, some other place. <clears throat> they sell you? Like, into they slavery? Buy. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the you're missing a kidney now. <laughs> conjuring two? Yeah. Oh, I thought there's already like ten conjuring movies. No. Okay. It's because all the Annabelle films and the nun and they try and tie all that stuff into that universe. So it seems like there's a lot more than there actually are. Okay. All right. I mean I did love the first conjuring. That was really good. Um <clears throat> I have history too. What's up? Anytime you see two actors or, or a cast that has that good of energy and chemistry with each other, it just draws you in more. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. They tried roping La Llorona into all of those as well. Nope. Mm -mm. I heard that was garbage. Mm -hmm. uh, there is actually, I've been meaning to watch, it's on my queue, uh, on my watch list on Shudder, again, Shudder. They have a La Llorona film that it's not that same one. It's actually one that was uh, uh, filmed somewhere in Central America, I believe. Um, it's a foreign one. Uh, I think it's subtitled, but it's got great reviews on Shutter. It's more of a, from what I've read from the description, it's more of a slow burn kind of suspense horror. But it's, it's like a million, a million times better than that <clears throat> shit that came out <laughs> from the US. That shit that came out like 15 minutes in, I was like, turn this shit off. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I am. Uh, I have to get to tend to my table. Uh -huh. I'm an adult, and I have to do shit like this. <laughs> well, enjoy your your home improvement projects. Um, yeah, hopefully. Uh, we'll have to have you guys on at some point. Obviously, when we talk more sci-fi. <laughs> <clears throat> yes, I will come on anytime and annoy the shit out of you with yes. all my nerdery and me and Phoenix will chat up a storm about that and yes, how, yeah. how awesome Tremors is and uh, yeah. 
and you can just drink. You just drink the whole time. Yeah, that's what I did in the side hoe. And I don't know if you guys noticed, you can hardly hear me. I was eating shit in the back. I was like, mm, this is <laughs> all right, all right, girl. That's good. All right, love you guys. Right. Me too. Do you want to do your uh, your sign off? Oh, that's right. Melly out. All right. So that was our interview with Melly Nicole. Thanks again for her joining. And uh, we'll put up her links so you can uh, stalk her on social media and uh, listen to her show. Uh, now let's get back to some nerdy shit like we, uh, like we always do. Todd, uh, I know you're itching, so should we get Mandalorian out of the way? Sure. Why not? Uh, we, you know, we record what well, we've been doing these every two weeks. So we've got two... Uh, Two weeks worth of uh, of Din Jaren and friends. Uh, number one, first off, uh, the uh, the reveal of Bo Katan. Oh, our lovely Katie Sackoff of Battlestar Galactica, Starbuck fame, and that was so uh, awesome. Yeah, and uh, and voice actress for uh, for Bo Katan in the Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels. See, Tony knew all that, and I did not. So when I watched the episode, I was like, holy shit, that's Katie Sackhoff. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was a pretty badass reveal. Um, also also uh, joined by... Deputy Sorry. Deputy Vic on Longmire, the uh, Wild West version of NCIS. That has been on my Netflix queue forever. I've always heard great things about it. Um, I, even Katie Sackhoff has said on her social media, like she loves, I mean, she still loves her Battlestar crew, but like Longmire was one of the most uh, uh, rewarding acting experiences that she's had. And uh, I've, I've been wanting to get around to that show. I, I've been watching it lately. I didn't realize that she was in it. And uh, I picked it up because it was on my, <clears throat> you might like this on Netflix. And it's it's uh -huh. literally... NCIS in Wyoming. It's it's gruff old sheriff that doesn't like new technology and he knows things about crime and he just solves every mystery on his own really without his team. It's uh it's late night comfort food yeah. watching. Pretty much. Pretty much exactly. Okay. All right, I can get down with that. Um yeah, so uh, we've got uh, Mando uh, heading down to, I forget which planet they were on at that point. Random uh, water world uh, planet. Yeah, random water world where we got some uh, some Mon Calamari, <laughs> some yep. sassy Mon Calamari at the docks. Some Mon Cal wearing uh, a JCPenney uh, JC sweater. I saw that. <laughs> I turned on Facebook. So he's like, hold up. Why is that Mon Calamari wearing a JCPenney sweater? That's great. <laughs> um mando's ship getting torn to shit it's officially the razor crest is now officially serenity mm -hmm. That's, and there's even the people were saying like they did a nod to serenity in the end when he you know the rickety ass ship flies away just barely and then jumps to hyperspace and a part flies off of it <laughs> at the very end like right before you hit credits so uh, the, the director of that episode was actually bryce dallas howard 
Yes. And uh, yes. she had another nod in that film or in that episode to one of her father's films, uh, Apollo 13. Apollo 13 the, uh, yeah. <clears throat> the razor crest descending onto the planet was like almost a shot for shot uh, of the, the capsule coming back to Earth. Yeah, yeah, the fiery re-entry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, so we get uh, we get our first taste of well, you know, Bo-Katan entering the live-action universe. Uh, we also learned uh, more uh, her introduction and her interacting with Mando. Um, real name is Din Jaren, but we're just going to call him Mando. Yeah, he's really. the Mando. Uh, he's Mando. Yeah, so it's a really interesting uh, storytelling uh, play that they've done here because this whole time we've uh, been, we've been championing him as our hero and uh, you know, being part of this kind of very sacred old tradition, his order of the, you know, the Mandalorians or what he was adopted into. Um, because remember, he's not actually cultural or he's not, he's not from Mandalore. He is not, a Mandalorian born Mando. He is a foundling adopted into the Mandalorian way. Right, right, right. And the Mandalorian way, as we've been shown, has been, you know, very, very secretive to themselves, very about honor and, and earning your armor and everything, and uh, very like an old warrior <laughs> code. They never remove their helmets uh, in front of anybody, like fucking anybody. And that leads to conflict when, I mean, we saw it with, uh, you know, Tim Oliphant in, in the previous episodes, uh, or previous episode, um, when he removed Boba Fett's gear off of his head instantly, he's like, okay, who the fuck are you? Like, take off that armor. You're not a true Mandalorian. And so that started that whole conflict between them. Now with Bo-Katan and friends coming into the picture, and as soon as she pulls off her helmet, freaks him the hell out. And this is where we get introduced to the fact that there are different factions of Mandalorians. And she, you know, shrugs at him and kind of rolls her eyes at him and tells her friend, oh man, you're one of them. Um, you're one of the, uh, what was the name of his group again? The, uh... I can't remember the name of the group, but they're essentially, his, his clan is a religious extremist, basically. Yeah. So we've been seeing him, the, the show has... Uh, pitched him to us as you know the very like uh, singular image singular image of how Mandalorians should be and now uh, they kind of flip the script on that and go oh wow you're this crazy freaking you're the Westboro Baptist of Mandalorians <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I thought that was pretty intriguing it's kind of cool I mean neither one of them is like right or wrong but you see those different sides of it and as I was explaining to Meg you know, the backstory behind Bo-Katan, if you're familiar with the Clone Wars, uh, she originally actually started as uh, a bit of an extremist. She was in that uh, group that was trying to retake Mandalore into the old ways, because during the Clone Wars, Mandalore, uh, they were pacifists, essentially. Mm -hmm. You know, they wanted no part in the war and, and everything. And uh, it was Bo-Katan and her group that... Uh, Death Watch. Death Watch group, thank you, that initially actually paired up with Darth Maul to, you know, see, to run the, the siege on Mandalore and, and retake it. Um, then eventually, of course, she sees that that was a huge fucking mistake <laughs> because it's Darth fucking Maul. <laughs> and then and, uh, ends up 
helping the Jedi, helping uh, Ahsoka Tano uh, retake Mandalore uh, away from Darth Maul at the end of the Clone Wars. Um, now she's able to direct uh, our buddy Mando to go meet up with her uh, <clears throat> to uh, uh, find safe passage for the child, for uh, baby Yoda in this uh in this post-empire world uh, i forget the name of the planet that she's supposedly on where we'll meet up with her um but uh anyway they're very awesome i mean we, we knew this was coming but it's really awesome to see this start to play out the ex- well, you did. the expanding <laughs> of the uh the live action universe yeah, so the the big takeaways are they named the dark saber for one so they they, they name dropped we've seen the dark saber before but they actually name dropped it the dark saber uh, <clears throat> they name dropped Ahsoka Tano, so her she is officially in this. That's yeah. the the big things. Um, the wider Mandalorian universe is coming into into effect here. We're seeing we're seeing uh, them show up, and we know Boba Fett still has something to play. So mm-hmm. um, now, if I remember right, the dark saber was. Um... Essentially, the the history on it is just a, a, a an ancient Mandalorian from from long ago wielded it, and it's been passed down like the generational line. And Bo Katan is eager to reclaim it um, from Moff Gideon because it's uh, essentially it'll be her way to her ticket to reclaiming Mandalore. <laughs> like she's the next rightful ruler in line. Yeah. So the title of the episode was the Harris, the heiress. And that's Harris, that's right. her. So she is the she is I think she was Satine's sister or sister. Yeah, right. Satine was um, the the uh, ruler. not our friend Satine. No, not our friend Satine. <laughs> uh, Satine was in the Clone Wars. She was uh, Bo-Katan's sister, and she was the ruler of of Mandal. I don't know what the official title is, but she was the ruler of. Empress of Mandalore or whatever the fuck during the Clone Wars uh, and uh, was very, very flirty, had a lovely uh, uh, ongoing sort of relationship with, uh, with Obi-Wan, uh, which was awesome and was really sad when she died. Um, oh, spoiler. Yeah, spoilers for the Clone Wars. Um, but yeah, so, um, so now Bo-Katan is after uh, trying to reclaim the throne. Yeah, so if she can claim the Darksaber, she is a essentially a, a Mandalorian noble. So she's from Mandalore. She dons the armor. She follows follows the warrior way. She fights. So if anybody can unite Mandalore and effectively claim whatever the, uh, their leader title is, the Mandalore. So in, in the past, the, the title of their leader was just Mandalore. So if she, if anybody can become the Mandalore, the premier Mandalore, it would be her if she can get the dark saber, just like uh, <clears throat> when in the in Star Wars Rebels, uh, they get uh, Satine, not um, Sabine, 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 Sabine gets Sabine the dark uh, dark saber and then gives it to, um, I guess it was her mom, and her mom was able yeah. to unite Mandalore the clan. Yeah. yeah, she was able to do that. Unfortunately, um, shortly after is supposed to be when um, Giancarlo Esposito's character, uh, Moff, Gideon. Moff Gideon, 
uh, purges Mandalore. So they they purge Mandalore. They 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 loot it and they kill all. I'm guessing all the Mandalorian warriors. I don't know if it's all of. Ma I don't know if they like just full on go. No, nobody knows really because it's not been explained in lore yet. Uh, yeah. All we know is even if you're a fan of the Clone Wars and Rebels, all you know is like the the Mandalorians uh, were the last ones in possession of the dark saber. And now Moff Gideon has it. So, you know, he wrecked up some shit. Yeah. Well, and he knows the names of every Mandalorian living. That's why he knows Jin, uh, Jin Jaren's, uh, Jin Jaren. I don't know why I can't pronounce his. <clears throat> Jin Jaren. Yeah. Jim Jarmusch. <laughs> Jim Jarmusch. He knows his name. Uh, yeah. He knows his, his real name rather than just as a Mandalorian. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, got their wonderful introduction there. Uh, the other uh, Mandalorian uh, chick, I, I don't remember the character's name, but that's a, that makes a wrestler number two on the show. Ah. Uh, Sasha, Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks, is yes. Name? She is the yeah. niece of Snoop Dogg, actually. Oh, no shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, very cool. Uh, really awesome, the whole sequence of them... Uh, taking over the um the imperial transport uh or shuttle or whatever the hell you want to call it um that was uh carrying all the weapons and everything that's a, a that. that's another marvel uh crossover uh actor that we have now what's that so the captain of the uh the sh the the transport ship that they had uh, taken over was also right. an agent of shield on agents of shield was he? Yeah. I didn't recognize him for that. What's funny is uh, when Meg and I watched that episode of The Mandalorian, literally the night before uh, we had watched that same dude on an episode of Supernatural. Now stop talking about Supernatural. <laughs> I feel bad. This is funny. It's because it was like literally the next day we watched him on, well, uh, on The Mandalorian. He's a TV character actor. So you name any TV show that's been going on in the last 10, 15 years and chances are he was on an episode. Yeah, and of course I'm blanking on his name right now, but he played, uh, he played War, the horseman War on Supernatural. Um, yeah really awesome dude and play he's really good at playing a sinister dude i saw articles online saying like man that guy killed it better than general hux did in the entire fucking trilogy <laughs> yeah pretty much <laughs> he, yeah it was just really cool how uh you saw him like even as the empire has quote unquote fallen there's still these like hardcore factions that are still like like basically like hail hydra yeah. like it's all for the cause like immediately once he got the uh the the go-ahead or the say so killed off his two pilots and was running the ship into the ground like just instantly like no hesitation ready to sacrifice himself for the empire or whatever faction of the empire that still is running well that's uh, that's the nature of the the splintered empire in the extended universe even even in the old extended universe it's kind of the similar so you have warlords and you have high ranking officials moths that have sort of taken over their sectors and they still hold true to the empire but they don't uh, they don't call any they don't call anybody their their leader or master because they're the highest ranking official that they report to so 
there are dozens of people like Moff Gideon out there that still control maybe a single sector or a number of sectors and they have imperial factories where they can still churn out armor and ties and and ships so yeah so that episode uh last week's episode was uh kind of all about expanding the universe into getting a taste of you know what's to come with uh integrating the storylines of clone wars and rebels And then uh, this week's episode, last the yesterday's episode, was all about uh, uh, continuing the uh, storyline of the Mandalorian itself. The main plot is uh, what's going on with uh, the child, uh, the Empire, or specifically Moff Gideon's interest in the child. Uh, this episode, well, previous episode directed by Bryce Dallas Howard. This one, directed by Apollo Creed himself, Carl Weathers. Mm-hmm got behind the camera and in front of the camera we got to see him again along with uh Kara Dune who is now Marshall Dune on uh the planet Navarro which is pretty sweet um uh got to see yeah Gina, Gina Carano and and Carl Weathers back again uh Carl Weathers adorably playing grandpa to <laughs> baby Yoda <laughs> oh come here little one did you miss me I missed you uh, it was wonderful um <laughs> Sits him down uh, in the, the classroom with the uh, 3PO droid. Uh... Oh, yeah. While he, uh, while he steals, while he force steals macaroons, <laughs> space macaroons from the kid next to him. Uh, <laughs> kid wouldn't share. I what? loved how he threw up and he was riding in the ship like it was a fucking roller coaster. Oh, yeah. He's oh, like, yeah. he wheezes and. <laughs> yep. His hands were up and shit. There was a lot of lot of good uh, Baby Yoda action there. This was definitely a Baby um, Yoda episode for sure. Yeah. And also, the the episode was essentially built with sequences to just it was fodder for a new uh, version of Star Tours. Mm-hmm. Like the once they got off the uh, they're at the base and made that last ditch effort of just taking that giant armored transport. I forget what the name of it was and just flew off the fucking cliffside and down and crashed into the speeder below them and just like broke their landing and kept speeding away and the whole chase with the uh uh with the speeder bike uh, the scout troops and everything like the entire thing was just oh this is the next star tours ride this is it <laughs> so yeah and i'm totally okay with that it was, it was totally worth it um the uh uh what was i gonna say the, uh, everything about that whole sequence, the, the transport versus the speeders, the, the TIE fighters coming in, wonderful. Uh, and I was going to tell, this is a minor detail, but I think it's an important one. And I was telling Meg, I even paused, like in the middle of that whole chasing, I paused it. I was like, you know, I really love the consistency of Star Wars technology because it really makes, it gives credit to that universe. It makes it feel more real and lived in and authentic. Yeah. Uh, whereas other franchises, they upgrade, you know, these franchises have been around for decades and decades, you know, they upgrade their technology and they don't make even any explanation. Yeah, even you know? though it's set in the past, they make no explanation for it. Like the, the Star Trek reboots, for example, like they tied it in with all the lore to, you know, it was a time travel story. So it was technically all still canon and made sense. But, you know, the, the, the Enterprise itself was all you know it looked like a fucking apple store mm-hmm. it did all the you know the controls and the readouts everything everything it did not look like 1960s trek um 
that would probably be pretty boring on on you know theater screens of course uh but with star wars you get the consistency because there was all that amazing spectacular uh chase scene uh you got carl weathers at the controls uh you know the manning the gun and those that's the same old targeting computer that we saw in like 77 yep. you know it's it's still the same uh, this old technology and star wars is all about you know this rebellion that <clears throat> pieced together equipment that was already old and you know they had to refurbish it and just use what they got so, and that continues to this day a little a little bit of trivia and tidbit about that they do that so much that uh the the container I, I don't know if you remember back to the very first episode the container that uh oh, fuck what's his name the old old dude with the heavy accent respected actor can't remember his fucking name wait, wait what are we talking about now? the very first episode of the mandalorian Oh, uh, Werner Herzog. Yeah, Werner Herzog. Okay, so yeah. the container that he gives the Mando the best scar in, did you notice that container at all? Uh, it's been so long now, I'd have to replay it. What's so up? that container was the same container that showed up briefly in, it's not the exact same one, uh, It's they reproduced it. It looks exactly like a container that the, they used in Empire Strikes Back where a random dude is running in the background of uh, <clears throat> the Cloud City as, as, uh, as uh, Lando is giving the orders to evacuate. You see that guy uh -huh. running in the background with a container. That container yep. is a 70s, ice cream maker <laughs> <laughs> they just repainted for star wars and then in yeah. the, in in the mando they reproduced it i believe it actually didn't they also use it in solo uh, at the end of solo when they're confronting uh oh what's his name jarvis uh you know yeah paul he, bettany he, paul bettany yeah he ran the uh crimson dawn the, the, yeah, Crimson I, Dawn, yeah, the Vermilion Empire. I think it's the same style of container. I don't know if it's the exact same one, but I think it was similar. Yeah, I, I think so. I think it probably was. Uh, but yeah, that's that, but that's the little detail that they put into this shit. Yeah, they're very good at taking old concepts, old ideas, and just um, uh, revisiting them and reestablishing them. And I was actually pointing this out to Meg uh, yesterday. I stumbled upon a social media post that showed... Um, a back-to-back um, -back, uh, or a comparison of old concept artwork from Empire the Strike Empire Strikes Back that was never used. There was uh, a sequence with a giant spider monster. Mm -hmm. uh, this is concept art from 1978, and that is what they based the ice spider monster in the previous episode on. And it, there's a back-to-back -back shot of it on social media, and it's like you know they. They just basically reproduce that same concept art and then translate it to the digital effects. But it's just, it's awesome that they're revisiting these ideas that they never got to use um, in the previous films. And they've done this consistently. Like, like uh, all these producers that have worked on these uh, new Star Wars productions, uh, Rebels, they made a big point of that, uh, Dave Filoni and them, uh, of the whole uh, character design for Zeb Relios, uh, one of the main you know, crew on, on Rebels for the, the ship, the ghost, uh, his creature design was an unused early design for Chewbacca. Mm -hmm. 
and he's kind of more this like lizardy looking oaf thing as opposed to just a big furry you know pomeranian <laughs> uh but it's just i love that they're reusing those things that they're like okay this is still you know it's maybe not the star wars they've had so far but it definitely still can fit in this uh very eclectic universe you know it's, it's good times so yeah, to creators out there, never throw out your ideas. You may think they're bad now, or maybe that you just have a use for them now. Just save them in a Google draft or something, and maybe you'll have use for them 40 years down the road. <laughs> save all of your right. doodles and all of your, your drafts. You never know. Exactly. You never know. Um, but yeah, that's... Uh... Oh, I know what I wanted to talk about. So in this episode, this, this uh, yesterday's episode... Uh, we get more details or we're starting to unlock the mysteries of what uh, Moff Gideon and pals are up to. And that uh, base uh, that they thought was just, you know, smuggling weapons and such, the, the Imperial base was a lab, in fact. And you catch brief glimpses of a bunch of creepy things floating around in uh, basically test subjects in these giant containers, like maybe back to containers or something. Um, and we get the, you know, holographic journal log or whatever entry from uh the scientist who ran the lab and uh basically explaining the whole thing of what they needed the child for in the first place was their was his blood which is kind of what i suspect it, it, it was kind of expected was they're trying to extract his force powers yeah. um, and, and there was a blood, there was a trying to infuse it into test subjects so they can harness the force powers for their purposes there was a bit of a callback to episode one in there when they said his M count, which is yeah. a thing that a lot of Star Wars fans want to ignore and forget about. Yeah, they said they, we, you know, we can look for, we, we really need the, the test subject and we can look for another test subject, but we, uh, or uh, we can look for another donor, but we're likely not to find anyone near his uh, M count, his midichlorian count is what they're <laughs> referring to. I caught that. Um, now there's been rumors or there's been uh, uh, a lot of discussion online of uh, number one in those tanks in the lab uh, if you you know freeze frame and, and zoom in if you zoom and enhance uh, it's the they essentially look it's pretty blurry you can't really see much but essentially they're they're saying oh that could potentially be or the the figures the creepy figures in there kind of look reminiscent of supreme leader snoke from the recent trilogy and since he was you know revealed to be a of a product of cloning a construct basically is, yeah construct of cloning yeah they're they're thinking this could be the origins of that or the early versions of snoke or um, early attempt at him. so it could be but it's more likely um at the end of the at the at the very end of the episode the last scene that you see is uh Giancarlo Esposito's character, Moff Gideon, he is standing in a room full of uh, armor, what looks like right. stormtrooper armor, black stormtrooper armor. But if you look at it closely, it very much resembles what was uh, 90s canon in, in, in a lot of the video games. I don't know if uh, you played any yep. of the early 90s video or the mid 90s video games, but there yep. was dark that, that looked like dark trooper armor not dark troopers which were actually essentially they're droids right they're not actually people they're um force sensitive like clones basically oh okay all right so they're 
sorry, the cat won't go away. <clears throat> He's really attention seeking right now. Um, so, <laughs> so we've, we've had the death troopers and that kind of looks like death troopers, but it's not death troopers because death troopers are just actual competent stormtroopers. The dark troopers are for genetically modified force sensitive troopers. GMO troopers. Yeah. Basically. Yes. <laughs> Okay, okay. Non artisanal. Non artisanal. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Not gluten free. <laughs> Cage free. <laughs> yeah. Locally sourced. Grass fed. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, two awesome, solid episodes. They're really, uh, okay. they're they're really moving the train along now. Uh, I'm enjoying it. There's there's talk early, uh, after the first episode, uh, where uh, apparently there's people complaining online like oh man like the storyline is just slogging along but i think it's personally i think the pace is is beautiful i think it's perfect as far as i'm concerned no i think but, it's i yeah. i agree with you i think it's going great you get you 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 get the stories moving along you get the occasional like intermission between the main story with the with the the siege episode here that kind of kind of breaks up mando's quest to bring the child back to the jedi but it also mm-hmm serves the back-end storyline of the Mandos and Moff Gideon and, and what's going on with that. I did like the touching bit, the, uh, the expansion of Cara, Cara Dune's uh, story. Uh, she was actually from Alderaan. Yeah, they said that and, uh, in the first season. They mentioned that she's from Alderaan. Oh, I forgot that. But yeah, she has a little conversation with the uh, the New Republic officer and he's trying to take statements and getting a lot of guff and, uh, and, uh, but yeah, he's, it was a really cool little moment between them where he's like, you know, we could use someone like you and, you know, he's aware of her uh, record and everything. And, and they had that little moment where she kind of seems like she's uh, considering it potentially of, uh, uh, for the long term, maybe maybe joining up with the uh, well, not the I guess it's not the rebellion anymore. It'd be the new republic. But she's um, not a joiner, right? Of course, she's a loner, Dottie, <laughs> a rebel. Uh, also, she gets yeah. to murder more imperials that way. Of course, yeah. Because if she joins the new republic, then she might have to arrest them and let them live. Instead, yeah. you can just kill them. Yeah. As I sit All right. Here well, wearing uh, my imperial hat. I know. <laughs> Scum and villainy. All right, man. Uh, let's. Uh, you want to wrap it up with some quick rapid fire geek? Sure. News? What you got? Uh, got a few little announcements. Um, in the in our beloved superhero movie world, the first. This marks the first superhero tentpole movie that has unfortunately uh, had to cave to. The reality that we're in in the time of unfortunately COVID. i'm fortunate i'm glad well no yeah i am too actually but you know i i understand they're you know they they were very resistant of it uh patty jenkins uh director of wonder woman uh, announced uh i think it was on wednesday that wonder woman will be released in theaters and on hbo max on christmas day yeah. uh they were really really they, they were one, one of those that were really holding out and trying to uh avoid it yeah that was one of the first films that got canceled or postponed at least like postponed yeah that was uh what an april release that that Mm -hmm. oh so no i think mulan was the first one and then that one and then 
uh, Black Widow. Those were the three major films that were released, like r supposed to be released right at the beginning of uh, everybody yeah. starting to lock down. Right. Yeah. I think I want to say Black Widow was May. Uh, but, but yeah, definitely uh, that's, that one's still on hold. Uh, speaking of uh, Mulan and Disney, I read some interesting news that now, you know, as things progress, the Disney is mulling over pivoting the rest of their their upcoming stuff they have more live action um films in the tank it would really was, i mean which was obviously no surprise to me they're debating whether they want to do the same thing they do with mulan um but the ones that are coming i didn't even know half these that were coming out there's <laughs> i guess like maleficent we're getting a cruella movie <laughs> so oh, Lord. so i guess she's not a dog killing monster i i don't I don't know how they're going to spin that in a positive like they did uh, Maleficent. Only if Glenn she's... Close plays it again. Yeah, no, it's, I don't believe it's her. I, I don't <laughs> know who is starring in that. Uh, Robert Zemeckis is directing a Pinocchio live action oh, for that God. with Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks starring, okay. I'm assuming is Geppetto. Maybe, maybe. Uh, I'll hold yeah. out with that one as well. If Tom Hanks is involved in it, it can't be terrible. Yeah, Tom Hanks is a magical being of the universe. Exactly. He just makes everything better. He is yeah. an eternal. Yes, he is. Uh, there's a Peter Pan and Wendy, li another live-action Peter Pan movie, I guess, that's coming. Excuse me, the only and one that exists is Hook. That's all we need. Thank you. Yes, you are correct, sir. I award you all the points. <laughs> So I don't know. Yeah, we'll see what Disney does. I'm not in really any rush to see any of those. Uh, what I am happy to hear about is actual Deadpool 3 news. Uh, they are they, they finally, after hearing nothing forever, um, you know, they confirmed Ryan Reynolds is heavy into early production with, uh, you know, with the Deadpool 3 crew with, uh, with Marvel behind the scenes and they just tapped a couple writers a writing team from bob's burgers uh the molly i don't i'm gonna butcher these last name but molly i think it's molyneux molyneux yeah lizzie and uh wendy molyneux from bob's burgers fame won a bunch of awards for that and other projects they've done they're going to be writing deadpool 3 and supposedly the rumor is that ryan reynolds uh was heavily involved in the decision to bring them on so you must be a bob's burgers fan and also confirmed uh, i believe uh, they confirmed it will be r yes yeah people were worried that deadpool would be neutered by disney apparently that's not the case so good on you disney uh, chris pratt and vin diesel our star lord and groot are confirmed to be in thor love and thunder so I mean, the last the Asgardians, the, Asgardians of the galaxy. <laughs> the last time we saw Thor, he was on their ship, part of their crew. So of course, like yeah, of course. So that's yeah. I I don't even know what to say about that. Other than I'm just fucking excited. That's, that's probably the the next Marvel one that I'm the most excited yeah. for. I mean, yeah, if if the, it's half as good, if it's half as good as 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 Ragnarok it will still be better than the majority of the Marvel films that came out. Yeah. And I think the early word from Chris Hemsworth after he read the uh, script or, or had the, uh, you know, the initial take from Taika, he just said, Oh, it's even crazier. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's uh, it's just, uh, just, just put Taika in charge of everything. It just brings joy. Yeah. He brings us joy. Yeah. 
uh, Black Panther 2, uh, not a whole lot of news on it, but they're going to begin shooting in July, is what they said. And there was supposedly a, a, a confirmation from one of the high up producers at Marvel that uh, they are not going to be doing any digital double nonsense or anything for Chadwick Boseman. They're, um, you know, there's no, obviously they're not saying what they are going to do, but it's definitely not going to be anything like that. There was a bit of rumor. I don't know if it's confirmed or not that Shuri will take a bigger role. Um, they did not say, the rumor did not say how, like if she becomes Black Panther or, I think uh, and that makes that makes the most sense. It really. does, but I mean, she's not really a warrior. Um, but if she takes it up, I, I think it would be good. Um, the rumor, the rumors are between her and M- Mbaku. The um, I can't remember the the the, the guy in the the the, the, other, tribe, the yeah. other tribe in the mountains. Um, either yeah. of them would become Black Panther. I think either yeah. is a good choice. I, I'm sure. I bet they're they're gonna go the route of Shuri. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, what else? I thought there was another Marvel one. Oh, no, I guess not. Uh, so I, I don't even know what to make of this now. Uh, but Indiana Jones Five <laughs> is hasn't that apparently I, actually still going to happen? Hasn't that been in production for about three or four years now? Yeah, and the word is that because they kept bouncing around between, they kept losing writers. Um, and because then it's an awful were, idea. They were, I guess, they were hoping to wash the taste out of their mouth of number four uh, of Crystal Skull and uh, and go out with a bang with this one. Uh, and it, apparently, they were they were set to go. Uh, filming was supposed to begin earlier this year, and then COVID happened. So now they've set a production start date of August next year. Is Chris Pratt still involved? Chris Pratt. Yeah, the he was tagged as involved with the with it like two or three years ago, actually. Oh, those internet rumors. That was that was fan casting. Oh, okay. I wanted to say no, just reboot it with Chris Pratt. <laughs> you know, uh, but uh, or no, I, there was it was two things at the same time people were fan casting like oh who should be the next indiana jones yeah reboot it with uh chris pratt or they were saying oh what if they just recast shia labeau's character and uh and put in chris pratt as his son uh, but uh, anyway b- both of those just rumors in hearsay harrison ford is still indiana the one and only indiana jones uh he is i believe he's going to be 80 next year mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh so they're setting an August 2021 start date for it. And that's really all we know. Oh, the, actually, the other thing is uh, Steven, this will be the first one that not directed by Steven Spielberg. He actually bowed out and is taking just the producing role. And they're handing the reins to James Mangold, who directed Logan. Okay. So all right, I'm slightly more hopeful for it. Yeah, maybe you'll get uh, a little more serious tone. Although you know, Indiana Jones is still meant to be a kind of a lighthearted adventure, but we'll see. We'll see and what he does with it. Speaking of old ass actors and reprising their roles that probably shouldn't reprise their roles, what's up? Lethal Weapon is getting a sequel. What? No. Yes, there is another Lethal Weapon coming out, and both Danny Glover's 144 <laughs> years old. What? And both no. Danny Glover and Mel Gibson 
have confirmed they are they are coming back. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is a true thing that is happening. I. Uh, they are definitely I, I, too old for this shit. I def- I grew up with all of those movies, so they are near dear to my heart. Like even the ones that people like people think like four was too many. I, I disagree. Four. I still love. Them. I, like- I love them all. I love them all. I don't know how that would make sense a number five now that's that's so i think mel Mel gibson could probably still keep up um he's he's even though he is in his late 50s or 60s now um Mm. he's still fit and active and i think he's still doing action movies in his last couple of roles uh Mm. danny glover cannot danny glover is definitely every bit of the frail 80 year old that that he is yeah, he played the frail eighty-year-old in uh, um, the last Jumanji movie. <laughs> I mean, uh, well, uh, okay, <laughs> I guess stranger things have happened. Indiana Jones Five, so whatever. I'll tell you a wacky one that threw me for a loop. Short Circuit. Oh, please tell me that they've finally getting that off the ground because that's been in the works for a while. Uh, the official headline is Short Circuit Remake to get a Latin jolt from Spyglass Media Group. Uh, they're, uh, they've hired on a writing team, Eduardo Cisneros and Jason Schumann to put a Latin X twist on the screenplay for the family film reboot. Uh, yeah, Short Circuit. <laughs> so I'm, I, I, I'm sure that'll be fun. I mean, that's something, it's not like, it's not something like I could say, oh, this is too serious. No, you can't reboot this. Oh, it's no, it like was so silly things. 80s camp to the max. So they yeah, have to so, go silly. The, my only requirement yeah. is don't change the look. Pull him out yeah. of like a storage shed. His battery has been dead for, for 20 years. Pull him out of yeah, the storage yeah. shed looking exactly as 80s as he looked. That would be awesome. See, I'd like to think that's the case. That would be wonderful. And he has to navigate. They can make that part of the story. He has to navigate like modern life where he's kind of an outdated machine. You know, they can put all kinds of spins on that and keep like the continuity going. But I, I imagine it's just going to be a straight up remake and he'll look like he popped out of an Apple store. Yeah, or some shit. you're probably right. Yeah. Damn it. Have no faith in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> um. And another, man, I didn't even realize how many blasts from the past I had on this this uh, bit of news here. Coming to America. <laughs> I don't know if you're aware of this, but they've been working on that for several years now. They, they, um, I mean, Eddie Murphy was trying to bring back a few things. Once he got Eddie Murphy, I guess, maybe after his kids grew up and he stopped making daddy daycare movies and shit, he decided like, okay, I'm going to get back to old school did, stuff. He did that amazing... Um, did you watch Dolomite? Uh, Is that the one you're talking Dolomite, oh, yeah. So fucking good. Yeah. So good. And the director of that directed this, uh, Coming to America sequel. So they have set a streaming date, March 2021, uh, March 5th next year. Uh, it will premiere on Amazon Prime. So, uh, you know, the early reports are saying it's going to be great. I mean, he's got all, uh, I mean, a ton of people in it. Arsenio is back. <laughs> Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy's back. Uh, I believe Wesley Snipes is in it. Um, uh, even fucking James Earl Jones uh it, yeah uh, it sounds like it's going to be good times and if i mean the, i mean dolomite is any indication eddie murphy he's still fucking oh, got he it absolutely still has it yeah so i i am actually excited for that one coming to america that's a 
that's that is a near and dear to my heart so good times uh just a couple more over in uh there's all movies but over in tv land the orville the orville season three is finally returning to production next month mm -hmm. they're finally firing that up again thank god so there is still hope we are getting our orville season three eventually yeah uh over in uh the arrow verse I'm going to keep calling it the Arrowverse, no matter what the fucking CW people say. <laughs> it's not the CW-verse, it's the Arrowverse. Uh, I'm with you, Stephen Amell. Uh, but it looks like they're continuing to shake up. It's reshaping, even after, after they just established their fledgling Justice League, it's, you know, it's, it's already falling apart, or at least changing, shifting dramatically, which we've already discussed previously. Supergirl's getting her last season, and she'll be out... Um, uh, the Flash, the lineup has kind of changed, but they're still chugging along. Arrow is done. We're still in limbo about the uh, Canary spinoff. And now Black Lightning uh, has announced they're going to be ending with their next, uh, their upcoming season four. Uh, there's talk of a, they're going to do, they're going to insert, just like the last season of Arrow, they're going to insert a, uh, a kind of like a backdoor pilot for a spinoff. Uh, there's another character in Black Lightning. I, Black Lightning is one show I, I haven't caught up on, um, but there's a, a character that, according to the backstory, sounds similar to kind of like the White Canary, actually. Uh, was resurrected as kind of a killing machine and then was reformed. Uh, Painkiller. Painkiller is the name of the character on Black Lightning. So they're going to give him a little bit of a backdoor pilot in this final season, see if that sticks, and maybe he'll continue that on in the rest of the, the universe. But, but yeah, Black Lightning's heading out the door. And uh, coming in, there's actually going to be a series based on like a brand new comic character uh, with which people are excited for because it's a Latin lead, uh, Wonder Girl. Uh, Wonder Girl is a character who's just debuted in DC in, in the comics or is, is I'm, I'm not even sure if the comic has come out yet. I think it's, a, it's going to come out in the next month or so. Uh, part of DC's Future State event, written and drawn by, uh, I lost the creator's name, but anyway, would mark the first Latina superhero uh, in as a title character of a DC TV series, so that's cool. Nice. Um, uh, what was it? It's uh, basically like a spinoff of Wonder Woman, I believe. The, the story is a Latina dreamer who was uh, born of an Amazonian warrior and a Brazilian river god <laughs> learns that she is Wonder Wonder Girl with her newfound power must fight the evil forces that would seek to destroy the world. Cool. So I haven't even heard if they did that. The last one, uh, Star Girl, did that ever take off or is that done? I have no idea, honestly. I didn't watch right. it. It was an H. It was a DC Universe uh, show, and then I think it was supposed to move to the CW instead of HBO Max. Most everything moved to HBO Max, but I think that was right. supposed to go and join the CW Universe. And yeah, I have, along with uh, Swamp Thing too. Yeah. Well, I think Swamp Thing was a one season and done. There, there was a whole bunch of things behind the scenes that happened with that that they couldn't continue. Right, right. They were just trying to, uh, yeah, just re, uh, um, re-air it on on CW. Yeah. All right. And last but not least, in the uh, world of animation and old shit coming back, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
just this weekend, uh, the Animaniacs mm-hmm. uh, premiered on Hulu. And uh, yeah, it's so far has been getting mixed reviews. I mean, I'll, I'll probably watch it eventually and see see how it's going. I've, but uh, I mean, the, the original cast is back. Uh, Rob Paulson, Jess Harnell, Tress McNeil, who are, uh, you know, Yakko, Wacko, and Dot. Uh, and Rob Paulson again, and Maurice LaMarche, of course, as Pinky and the Brain. So that alone, I mean, I need to watch that. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Uh, but the entire 13 episode first season run is up and they're already renewed for a season two. So, so no matter what, we're getting a little bit of Animaniacs back into the world. So see how that goes. And then Darkwing Duck, oh. which I know is your bread and butter. Oh, I hope, I hope they, I hope they do well, that. They've well. already. Yeah. So they already, uh, they already reintroduced him uh, in the current DuckTales show. Uh, apparently he had a few episodes or they they reintroduced him into that world and i don't know if it's going to be the same incarnation of darkwing duck to continue the continuity but this new show that you know the darkwing duck series new series that they're going to have on disney plus uh is produced by producing partners seth rogan and evan goldberg (laughs) so it's going to be bonkers no matter what exactly so it should be fuck it just give us tailspin as well yeah, well, I mean, they might as well. I mean, if uh, DuckTales seemed to be a huge success, Darkwing Duck, I'm sure it'll be great too. So, I mean, Tailspin would be the next logical conclusion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Give me that Don Carnage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no dates, they're just an early production. Hell, even give but, us another yeah. Goof Troop. Give us, give us more Goof Troop too. Just the entire 90s slate just back. Yes. Yeah, probably. Well, I think that was another, I, I thought I heard a few months back, there was uh, another live action Disney movie coming, which was going to be Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers. Um, okay, I mean, I'm going to I'm, I'm gonna pretend that doesn't exist. A live action version of that? I believe I heard that, yeah. You know how many furries Gidget launched? <laughs> <laughs> like... I can only imagine how that's going to go over as a live action. Oh, God. That, yeah. <laughs> What's the rule of the, you know, if it, if it exists, there's porn of it on the rule internet. Rule 32. Rule 32, yeah. Rule 32, Gidget. <laughs> or Gadget. Gadget. Gadget was the name of it. Yeah. Oh, boy. Well, I think that's a good button to, to seal the deal on here. <laughs> Thank you guys for joining this extensive getting off topic episodes. Good thing we only do this every two weeks because this was a long yeah, one. No shit. But, uh, yeah. Well, we had to, I mean, like, again, as we covered earlier, uh, Melly is definitely not a, a sci-fi gal. So uh, we had our horror, uh, our side of the podcast, and we, of course, still had to get along to our geek shit. So, <laughs> yeah, good times. Uh, we'll see you next time, guys. Thank you for joining. Uh, this is Tony. This is Todd. And Meg in the background. And Meg. Stay frosty, guys. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye. 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 <laughs>